Arte Indígena Contemporânea. Welcome to the Contemporary Indigenous Art Podcast Series, focusing on the path and artistic production of indigenous Brazilian artists, curators and academics. The two episodes tell the story of the rise of this movement and describe the characteristics that give uniqueness and value to these productions within the contemporary artistic world. The first episode gives an overview of the path that has led to the affirmation of contemporary indigenous art within the Brazilian art scene in the past 10 years, and how this movement is increasingly spreading to the world, joining the global indigenous struggle for aesthetic and identity recognition of indigenous peoples. The second episode provides insight into the art production from the perspective of the ones who are responsible for their own making. This trajectory and observations were reconstructed through interviews conducted personally with some leading voices as part of the project South-North Dialogue on Afro-Indigenous Art and the reading of interviews with other important protagonists of the indigenous Brazilian movement. When we talk about indigenous art in Brazil, but we could easily extend this interpretation to other indigenous native people realities, The discussion often falls into an ethnic and anthropological context where, for example, the definition of what indigenous art is is narrowed into the art produced by the native peoples of Brazil before and after Portuguese colonization, which began in the 16th century. Indigenous art is often related to the utensils that the culture of each indigenous people has produced over the years, such as ceramics, baskets, hunting and fishing instruments, clothing, personal adornments, and also the well-known body painting. This framework implies two problematic visions, which feed each other. 1. The aesthetic nature of indigenous art, an art understood as something that refers to the past, and, consequently, 2. The non-contemporaneity of indigenous identity, according to a racist vision linked to primitivism. Europeans considered these forms of art, of archaeological value, to be displayed in ethnological museums. This vision, also applied to African art, meant that African and indigenous art were separated from the international art scene. Indigenous art questions the difference between art and craft imposed by the Western gaze. The Western world uses arts to refer, for example, to the products and practices of painting, sculpture, and printmaking, and crafts to those of ceramics, weaving, and wood and metalwork. While art has a positive, evaluative connotation, craft lacks it. The subject opens up an extensive debate, but we limit ourselves here to stating the obvious. Craft was considered to be a lesser form of art, because the objects made had a domestic function, because most of the creative techniques tended to be practiced by women, and because the craft is associated with a primitive form of producing a certain kind of art by the native, not eligible for the same white standards. All of these assumptions are flawed by a universalistic Western understanding. In his book Cannibal Metaphysics for a Post-Structural Anthropology, On defining the meaning of concept, the Brazilian anthropologist Eduardo Viveiro de Castro states that all beings see the world the same way. What changes is the world they see. 
So thinking about art and craft, what is seen from different perspectives, and why? Following Viveiro de Castro thoughts, if we recognize that the same world can be seen and understood differently, he questions. What happens when you take native thinking seriously? When instead of just explaining, contextualizing, and rationalizing this thought, we start to embrace it and allow it to destabilize our own thoughts. Starting from this premise, the first episode will present the rise in Brazil of what has been defined by the late Brazilian indigenous artist Jader Esbel, artist from the Makushi people, as contemporary indigenous art. According to Isbel, it is necessary to understand that art has always been among indigenous people. It is not appeared today. It became contemporary through the strength of the artists themselves and the conjuncture that they are placed and led to argue. But before being contemporary, it is indigenous. It automatically brings, in its framework, all this ancestral, millennial, mythological and spiritual reflection. When one says that it is indigenous contemporary art, it seems that it comes from outside and that it becomes indigenous here with us, coming from an external environment as if it did not exist among the indigenous people before. Contemporary indigenous art is what can be conceived in the combination of values of the same theme, art, and on the same idea of time, the contemporary, with the indigenous artists as the centerpiece. Contemporary indigenous art would be the advance within a logic of resistance and the logic of legitimacy that indigenous struggle obtains by its own power. We decided to use this term in homage to the artist while acknowledge that the definition does not meet everyone's agreement as highlighted by Cassia Borges. From the Karaja people, professor at Federal University of Amazonas, artist and indigenous agent curator of the Museum of São Paulo, Maspi. In the Amazon, in the interior, we don't talk about contemporary art. Indigenous people don't talk about contemporary art because they have always made contemporary art. Naini Terena has an interesting concept. Instead of talking about contemporary indigenous art, a term that Jaider created, Naini doesn't really agree with this term. She prefers to talk about indigenous aesthetic movement. Because this way, it also includes those in the village making the art they have always done, who have no changes, but always have because indigenous art has never been static. The movement grew through exhibitions held in the country, but also by joining the global movement of indigenous artists through participation in international exhibitions. In an online debate in October 2020, the most progressive culture minister Brazil has ever had, and one of his country's leading cultural exponents, Gilberto Gil said, In Brazil, things are getting worse and better at the same time. They improve to the extent that those who want them to get worse do so much badly as to create the conditions for those who want them to improve to be encouraged to act. The phrase reflects the words of Cassia Borges. One day, one of my students told me, Professor, when I'm sad, I produce all the time. When I'm not, it seems I have nothing to produce. Relating this thought to our indigenous situation, I think that while President Lula gave recognition to indigenous people, I would say this with many reservations. The contemporary indigenous art movement had more strength in the Bolsonaro government because it was a hell. 
it has been a genocidal government. The presence of indigenous artists in the Brazilian art scene has attracted attention for a decade now. In the theater play Macunaima, the myth through time, held at the museum house of Mário de Andrade, one of the founders of Brazilian modernism in São Paulo during the commemoration of the centenary of the Modern Art Week in 2019, Jaider Isbel states that there were about 10 recognized indigenous artists at the time in Brazil. The play is an imaginary conversation between indigenous anthropologists, intellectuals, academics and artists, as the legitimate heirs of Macunaima and the ghosts of Mário de Andrade itself. The indigenous participants claim the stereotype of Macunaima presented by Andrade. Commenting on the transformation of the play into a book, Cristina Wapshana, an indigenous writer belonging to the Wapshana people, says Macunaima, the myth through time, is a revolutionary book. It brings up voices and visions of the other side, the indigenous, which for 90 years was totally invisible, being repeatedly disrespected in its existence and in its sacredness. This process starts from the recovering of the same figure of Macunaima, the indigenous deity who inhabits the Mount Roraima in the extreme north of Brazil, and is part of the sacredness of some indigenous peoples who live under his care and gaze. But, if in the last five years the number of Brazilian indigenous artists has grown, some events and exhibitions were crucial for this affirmation to happen. As Adriano Pedrosa, artistic director of the São Paulo Museum of Art and curator of the 2024 Venice Biennale of Art, stated at the end of 2019, there have been more exhibitions dedicated to indigenous art over the past five years. It's something you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago. One of the first exhibitions entirely dedicated to indigenous artists was Mira, Contemporary Visual Arts of Indigenous Peoples, curated by Maria Inês de Almeida, professor at the Federal University of Minas Gerais. Held at the Espaço do Conhecimento, of the University of Minas Gerais, of the Federal University of Minas Gerais, in 2014, it was the first exhibition featuring indigenous artists not only from Brazil, but other South American countries. According to Arisana Patachó, artist from the Patachó people, who was part of the exhibition, starting from the Mira exhibition, I understood how much Brazil was behind in terms of access to indigenous art and access of indigenous artists to official spaces of art. When I saw the profile of indigenous artists coming from other countries nearby, there were university professors, curators, others who were studying art and were working in art institutions. The exhibition brought together 125 works by 54 indigenous artists from Brazil, Bolivia, Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru, working on different languages such as canvases, sculptures, and videos. The aim of the exhibition was to think about the construction of knowledge from other cultural perspectives. This implies recognizing the multiplicity of the diverse perspectives of indigenous peoples on issues such as war, spirituality, gender, and violence. According to Professor Leda Martins from the Federal University of Minas Gerais, Mira allows us to emphasize the urgency of incorporating the perspectives 
thoughts and practices of indigenous peoples into the production circuits of academic knowledge, effectively contributing to the visibility and appreciation that they have long deserved. While indigenous art as traditional art is not denied, more important is the deconstruction that contemporary indigenous art brings into the panorama. It remarks that indigenous peoples are not people frozen in time and isolated in the world. Their artworks are not limited to the ethnographic collections in European museums, precisely because indigenous contemporary art puts these stereotypes to rest. Following the exhibition, a second important moment was the indication of Jaderis Bell, Iba Huni Kuin, and Narisana Patashaw to the PIPA 2016 Award. Isbel won the PIPA online prize, while Arisena placed second. The PIPA Award is one of the major awards in the Brazilian art world. The aim of the prize is not to present new names, but to reward and give visibility to artists who have distinguished themselves for their works and who are already known in the Brazilian art scene. The online category allows artists to be voted directly by the public through an online voting system. The artists are responsible for getting their artwork seen. According to Arisena Patashaw, more people come to know my work, not necessarily because of the award, but because of the dispute implicit in the award, because you must publicize your work so that you can win votes. And in this publicity, we end up really expanding the audience that follows and knows your work. Jaider won first place, and I won second and several other artists have been nominated over the past few years. But at that time, it had a huge impact, being the first indigenous artist to be nominated. Since then, Jaider Isbel, Denilson Maniwa, Dayara Tucano, and Isael Machacali won the PIPA Awards. In 2017, Ailton Krenak, a Brazilian writer, journalist, philosopher and indigenous movement leader of the Krenak people, organized a gathering of the indigenous artists. According to Arisena Patasho, at the end of 2017, Ailton Krenak gathered some of the artists to talk and get to know each other. I think he perceived this movement, and the idea was exactly to create a network of approximation between the artists. Curators and researchers of indigenous art also joined the encounter. So we were able to establish this link and collaborate with each other's work. I think that from the end of 2017 to the beginning of 2018, this promotion of indigenous art started to be stronger within institutional spaces. Ailton Krenak is one of the most prominent figures in the history of the fight for indigenous rights, both in Brazil and internationally. In 1987, he captured the attention of the media and public by painting his face black while delivering a speech at the National Congress as a gesture of mourning for the blacksliding on indigenous rights. Together with Álvaro Tucano, Marcos Terena and Raoni Metukichiri, brought a new phase of visibility to Brazil's indigenous peoples, guaranteeing and legitimizing the right to demarcation of their lands in 1988. In recent years, Krenak's speeches and oral narratives have been transformed into books of great success, being translated into several foreign languages. 2017 also marks the year in which Sandra Benitez, a member of the Guarani Nyanyeva people, 
was appointed as co-curator responsible for the large-scale exhibition Jaguatapuran, Indigenous Rio de Janeiro, at the Museum of Art of Rio de Janeiro. It was the first time an indigenous curator had been invited to organize an exhibition at a major institution in Brazil. As Adriano Pedrosa, artist director of MASP, said, It's a turning point. It raises the bar for other institutions to rethink who they should be working with. Another element that has contributed to the establishment and diffusion of indigenous art in Brazil is the Internet. Cassia Borges says, I realized that things are changing. At the Tate in London, I had already seen an exhibition of indigenous artists, including Hamiru, who was the adjunct creator of First Nations and indigenous art at the Tate Modern. But things haven't changed here. But when I saw Jaider, when I saw Maku and the new song, I thought, something is changing. But then, the internet was much better. We had these Facebook and Instagram channels, and these made the indigenous people start to appear because they always existed, but there was an erasure. And when they have this new technology, they start to appear. Confirming their claim that the use of technologies like video, digital photography, digital drawing, design, and even cell phones does not diminish their culture. On the contrary, it enables them to make their ancestral knowledge echo louder. Nowadays, contemporary indigenous artists begin to incorporate these new languages into their work. This became clear in the exhibition Tecopora and Reanthropophagia, curated by the Nilsson Baniwa and the coordinator of the Fluminense Federal University Arts Center, Pedro Gradella. Held at the University Gallery in 2019, the exhibition outlined an overview of contemporary Brazilian indigenous productions with representatives of different families. According to Graciela Guarani, director, screenwriter and curator who belongs to the Guarani and Kiowa peoples, One day, this image was questioned by several people. I was one of those people who questioned it, because we have a certain apprehension with the reproduction of this image that is alive. It is an image that walks, that circulates. Our people are very spiritual, and there was this issue of ancestral wisdom and the mysteries that are used. So it was also a process of having to insert these living images within communities. But when the community saw how these images could be used and how they could be considered a tool of visibility, but also of struggle, this led to an understanding of the process and its importance, different from what we were used to over time. The exhibition Reanthropophagia, as the previous Mira and others that brought a different perspective from the narrow ethnographic one, was held in a university-run art gallery. In line with this movement, the University of Manchester, in partnership with the Federal University of Bahia, launched in 2020 the project Another Sky, an interdisciplinary and networked project that brings together the study of art, political ecology and anthropology. The project was organized into three actions. 1. Defenders Experience Reports 2 the cartography of conflicts carried out by indigenous researchers and students. 3. Artworks by indigenous artists on the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Artworks by indigenous artists on the effects of COVID-19 pandemic, 
which resulted in a virtual exhibition and a documentary realized by the indigenous filmmakers Graciela Guarani and Alexandre Pancararu. The project awarded 15 artists for their work and trajectories and for producing a work in the midst of the pandemic and conflicts. Among the artworks is the Tupinamba Sacred Mantle, made by Gliceria Tupinamba and her community. The artist, who will represent Brazil at the next Venice Biennale in 2024, describes the mantle as follows. It is a work inspired by a Tupinamba mantle from the 16th century that is conserved in the archives of the Musée du Quai Branly in Paris, France. For the Tupinamba people, the mantle represents the revitalization of our culture, our language, our production, our techniques. The mantle has been revealing secrets. The confection of the mantle carries knowledge guarded by the Tupinamba women, weaving, braiding, the use of various utensils, mailing the needle from Tukum, and the preparation of the cotton thread. In the past, it was done on a spindle with bee wax. It is interesting to compare a work that is frozen in a museum and see the piece with life and movement. In this case, to see the mantle being used by a member of the community, the cacique, during a ritual. The making of the mantle also has a strong political significance. Between 2019-2020, To and Fro, a project about the hammocks, art, and the visual culture in Brazil, curated by Rafael Fonseca at the Centro Cultural Banco do Brasil, was another exhibition that had an important impact on the recognition of contemporary indigenous art. By revisiting the past, the exhibition shows how an ancestral technology created by the Amerindian peoples was appropriated by Europeans. With this aim, the curator invited more than 30 contemporary indigenous artists with different backgrounds from different regions of Brazil. At the same time that indigenous artists diversified their media and channels, Brazilian art institutions, such as the Pinacoteca de São Paulo and the Museu de Arte de São Paulo, began to pay more attention to indigenous production following the pioneering invitation of Sandra Benitez by the Museum of Rio in 2017. In 2021, the Pinacoteca of São Paulo appointed Nani Terena from the Terena people, visual artist and professor at the Catholic University in Mato Grosso do Sul, to create the first exhibition dedicated to indigenous art held in the institution, titled Veshoa, We Know. The show gathered works by 23 indigenous artists and collectives from different ethnic groups and regions of the country. It was the first time that the Pinacoteca opened its doors to indigenous artists. As Naini Terena states in her curatorial text, the exhibition integrates the institution's proposal along with its thinking about Brazilian contemporary art, its names and historical processes. The exhibition problematizes the concept of art that played a decisive role in the process of disqualifying indigenous visual productions. It shows, side-by-side, side, works from the so-called traditional production, which a few years ago were seen in a reductionist way as primitive and or ethnographic objects, and the production of contemporary indigenous art that uses sculpture, objects, video, photography and installations. 
But Naini Terena is aware it's not enough just to want to have an exhibition. According to her, the museum team has to be prepared to maintain a dialogue with indigenous artists and communities, besides understanding the specific features of this production, and expresses her concerns. There is a great interest of contemporary indigenous production at the moment, but I am very worried about this idea of fashion because it implies something that can be discarded after losing its novelty. To prevent this from happening, indigenous art needs not only to be present in the temporary exhibitions, but also to be incorporated into the institution's permanent collection. The Pinacoteca de São Paulo, for example, founded in 1905, only incorporated works by indigenous people into its permanent collection in 2019, when it acquired works by the Nilson Maniwa and Jaider Isbell. This is a process that also involves education, which needs to be in children's textbooks and also in academia. Today, there are many people producing research on contemporary indigenous art at universities. They are researchers from various backgrounds, not necessarily indigenous, and not just in anthropology, but also in the visual arts. This needs to continue with more and more force. The turning point was certainly the 34th Biennial de São Paulo. Though it's dark, still I sing, in 2021. Defined as the indigenous Biennial for the largest number of indigenous artists ever seen in history, five Brazilians, Daidara Tucano, Sueli Macachali, Jaider Esbel, Yuira Sodoma and Gustavo Caboclo, and four foreign indigenous artists. This representation was made possible through the combination between the presence of indigenous artists at the Biennale and Isbel's curatorship of the parallel project Moquen Surari, Contemporary Indigenous Art, held in the Museum of Modern Art in São Paulo, next to the Biennale building. According to Jaider Isbel's curatorial text, the exhibition presents works by 34 indigenous artists who embody transformations, visual translations of their cosmologies and narratives, making present the temporal depth that underlies their practices. The works attest that the time of contemporary indigenous art is not hostage to the past. Ancestry is mobilized in the now, reconfiguring enunciative positions and power relations to produce other forms of encounter between worlds not based on colonial extractivisms. The Biennale also represented a dramatic moment for the indigenous movement of artists. In November 2021, Isbel tragically passed away. The news shocked the artist community and brought them a need to step back, stop, reflect, take care and protect each other. While on social media, the tragic death of Isbel was described as something inexplicable, which took place in the happiest moment of his life, as a few days before the acquisition of two of his works was announced, Letter to the Old World and Land Without Evil by the center George Pompidou in Paris, the reality was very different. Jider Isbell considered the large indigenous presence within the Biennale as a minimal historical repair, especially given the fact that the exhibition has been held on a Guarani land for 70 years. A few weeks before his death, the artist denounced the opportunism of the institution in an interview with the Brazilian magazine Elastica. He declared his dissatisfaction and denounced how the Biennale was appropriating the indigenous presence to enhance its political commitment 
while there were no dialogue with the institution, because dialogue requires a time for analysis, listening, a time of silence, respect, and observation to try to look at and understand a bit of another world, something that does not seem to interest the Biennale system. Days after the artist's passing, the Nilsson Baniwa, colleague and close friend of Jider Isbell, published an open letter on the Tukung website, in which he denounces the Western art system. The demand for responses to save art, the pressure not to fail on our journey or with our indigenous relatives, the uninterrupted hunger of those who see us as a new product that is devourable in the market, all of which is considerable success and the peak of a career is a wall that surrounds us and takes us away from what is most important, a healthy life. If the success and peak we strive for so much results in tragedy, I feel I need to think even more about what kind of indigenous art I have to build. And if the reception that the Western art world has given us has brought one of us to a grave end, I need to think even more about what kind of relationship I want to maintain with Western art. Honoring his words, Baniwa's work now takes a different approach to conceiving his mission as an artist and curator. In 2023, the Nilson Baniwa occupies the Pinacoteca de São Paulo with the installation Panapanai School, curated by Renato Menezes. The school incorporates the concept of care as a movement of protection and learning. It implies making community and weaving ties. The installation is a construction on three floors, designed to be an artistic, collaborative, pedagogical, experimental space for classes in indigenous languages and cultures, art and music, from the Baniwa and the Guarani people. It is a school organized in a different way. It confirms the role that education plays in rethinking and rewriting the history of indigenous peoples in all their diversity from the point of view of each community. The school embraces a new conception of curating, as happened with the Veshoa exhibition by Naini Terena held at the Pinacoteca Chu. The museum is transformed into a space of interaction, exchange and learning, based on the interaction of the public with each teacher and member of each community. It brings elements of education and activism into practice, overcoming the logic of the Y-cube, the linearity of time, the hierarchies, and the presumed artistic divisions. It also transforms the museum into a space of freedom, welcome, and breadth. It endorses Jider's Bell's word during the performance Mori Erencato Eseru, Songs for Life, with Dayara Tucano, where he stated that it was the first time that indigenous artists were entering through the front doors of a museum, and that from that day on, these will be the doors that everyone must go through. A similar pedagogical intent is expressed by the exhibition created by Dayara Tucano, Nyepora, Memory and Transformation, held at the Museum of Portuguese Language in 2023. The exhibition focuses on the more than 175 languages spoken today by the 305 indigenous peoples of Brazil, resistant to five centuries of erasure of their original cultures and cosmovision. The exhibition marks the launch in Brazil of the International Decade of Indigenous Languages, declared by the United Nations for the years of 2022 to 2032. It shows works by more than 50 indigenous professionals, 
including visual artists, photographers, filmmakers, communicators, and researchers. It includes petroglyphs and handicrafts, images and historical documents, video interviews, and interactive stations where it is possible to learn about the linguistic trees that survive today in Brazil and listen to stories, songs, and speeches in dozens of indigenous languages. Reinforcing the urgency of Brazilian indigenous arts commitment to establish itself as a tool of differentiation and transformation of the disposable Western artistic system into a research and pedagogical tool, the curator Dayara Tucano underlies that The exhibition was not made to be seen only once. It is made to have different approaches, and every time you come back, you will find other ways to navigate, learn, and think. Its circular visitation represents once again the denial not only of the white cube, but also the consequential logical organization of the West. According to Tocano, we have transformed a square space into a circular one which crosses a series of narratives and memories. 2023 also saw the establishment of the Indigenous Year at the Museu de Arte de São Paulo, Maspi. As part of the museum's ongoing Historias, series started in 2016 by the artistic director Adriano Pedrosa. Under the coordination of Indigenous curatorship by three Indigenous curators, Edson Kayapo, Fernanda Tupinamba and Cassia Borges, the museum hosted an indigenous program ranging from visual arts to workshops, conferences, publications and film throughout the year. The appointment of the three curators followed the resignation of former indigenous curator Sandra Benitis, who has now assumed the position of director of the Visual Arts Department of the National Arts Foundation. From the Guarani Nyandewa people, Sandra Benitis is the first indigenous person to hold a seat on the board of the National Arts Foundation. Not only have the artists achieved considerable visibility in Brazil, but it is increasingly common for them to be invited to international exhibitions. Although the Mira exhibition in 2014 brought together indigenous artists from several South American countries, it only traveled within Brazil. One of the first international exposures of Brazilian indigenous artists in an international art venue was at the Cartier Foundation Contemporary Art in Paris in 2012 with an exhibition of the Macu Collective. Officially created in March 2013, the emergence of the Huni Kuin artist movement, Macu, dates back to the end of the 2000s, when the collective began the work of translating ancestral songs, myths, and visions of the Huni Queen people from the state of Acre on the border with Peru into figurative drawings for courses in indigenous studies at the Federal University of Acre. The first records of the collective arise, therefore, from the contact of indigenous populations living in the villages and the university, where the group held its first exhibition in 2011. Cassia Borges, artist and curator who, in addition to having her solo work, is part of the Macu Collective, says. I was vice coordinator of the university gallery, and we decided to invite some indigenous artists to show in our space. We invited Jaider's Bell and the Macu Collective, but the first time I saw Macu's work being recognized, it wasn't in Brazil, but in their exhibition, 
at Cartier Foundation for Contemporary Art in Paris in 2012. It is not the Brazilian who discovered the Maku. It was someone who posted it on the internet. And then the Cartier Foundation saw it and came to the village to visit them. And after this, their popularity continues to rise. In 2012, after the visit of anthropologist Bruce Albert and curator Hervé Chandet, the collective was invited to participate on the exhibition Histories de Voir, Show and Tell, with a drawing illustrating the cover of the exhibition catalogue. Ten years later, in 2023, the Maku features their solo exhibition at Museum of Art of São Paulo, titled Mirações, Visions, curated by Adriano Pedrosa, Guilherme Gilfrida as assistant curator, and Iba Oni Kuin as guest curator. The exhibition brings together around 120 paintings, drawings, and ex-sculptures. In 2017, Arisena Patasho was invited by the Norwegian artist Miku Lipianen to be part of the exhibition In the Dark, I Don't Have Four Limbs, held at the Trondelach Center for Contemporary Art in Trondheim, Norway. It was the first time Arisena had to face with bureaucratic difficulties of the making of an international exhibition. According to her, I had to go to Salvador and ask permission from the National Institute of Historical and Artistic Heritage to obtain authorization to take the works abroad, declaring that the work was not a specific heritage asset in Brazil. I received the authorization not only after the exhibition had already begun, the works arrived only after the exhibition was over. I became more afraid of exhibiting outside of Brazil. And after all this that happened, when I was invited to participate in the exhibition Apparatus, curated by Thales Frey at the Saco Azul Associação Cultural e Maus Habitus in Porto in 2020, and in the group exhibition Oh, I Love Brazilian Women, created by Luisa Testa in New York, as a result of the New York City 2021-2022 open call from Apex Art, I chose an easier support. Thus, I opted for the work Indigente, Indigente, Indigenate, a digital engraving, part of the collection of the Sesc of São Paulo, which may be reprinted. The work had also been part of the quarantine project coordinated by Laís Mija, Marilá Dardô, Cristiana Tejo e Julia Morelli to encourage the production and sale of works during and according to the pandemic quarantine conditions. The solo exhibition Resurgence of Amazonia, curated by Marisa Lobo and Ivana Marajovec, features the work of Brazilian artist Moara Tupinambá and Uyara Sodoma, a non-binary indigenous artist. At Kunstraum Innsbruck in Austria in 2021, the exhibition brings together photography, video collages and sound pieces by both artists. Uira Sodoma's work negotiates issues of indigenous identity, memory, origin, and the experiences of the river communities of the Amazon, and their importance for socio-ecological sustainability, as well as resistance to the violence process of colonization and its continuity in the present. After being presented at the Kunstraum Innsbruck, they presented the performance Forests That Sleep Under the Asphalt in Italy, 
é do Castelo de Rivoli Museu d'Arte Contemporânea. The artist looks like a walking tree, a hybrid entity whose appearance is constantly evolving, just like nature evoking lost properties and memories relating to plants and the beings that inhabit them and the ancestral wisdom of the peoples of Brazil. Uira was also part of the project Artec Amazon, Networks of Global Indigeneity, held at the Power Plant Contemporary Art Gallery in Toronto at the end of 2022. The exhibition is a result of a research project that brought together indigenous people from the Arctic and the Amazon, addresses the entangled relations, violence and ecological concerns that have occurred since colonization. Through the strengthening of indigenous perspectives, it builds recognition and validation, new ways of thinking about interconnectedness, of social responsibility, environmental protection and cultural resilience. According to Uira, although worlds are so different, there is a world in the middle that connects our forests to the ice there. This world is the indigenous people, the way we step on the land, and the stories that brought us here, sometimes hurt, but always insist on singing. In 2021, Sandra Benitez was the curator, with the curatorial assistance of Brazilian artist Anita Ekman, of the exhibition Cabori. Cosmovision of the Rainforest, at the Paradise Row in London, and at Radicantes in Paris 2022. It was a touring commercial exhibition that showcases indigenous Brazilian art and culture. The aim of the exhibition was to raise awareness and funds for projects dedicated to indigenous rights and culture through the donation of a portion of sales by artists and hosting gallery. The exhibition featured the work of about 20 artists and collectives, encompasses documented performance, film, photography, painting, printmaking, sculpture, and traditional indigenous arts, with a special focus on platforming the work of indigenous female artists. It includes both artists known in the domestic and international art scenes, and artists who have not previously shown in commercial or international contexts. According to Benitez, the artworks in this exhibition reflect the worldviews of the indigenous people, which are inseparable from the forest. We launched this exhibition to open a true dialogue, which will enable healing and create a space of exchange with the others through these artworks. In 2022, the Nilson Maniwa and Moara Tupinamba, together with Janaú, were part of the 22nd Biennale of Sydney, curated by the indigenous Australian artist and creator Brooke Andrew. Titled Nirin, which means edge in Wiradjuri language, with connotations of endless interconnected centers, it was an artist and First Nations-led endeavor. It opened to the public on 14 March 2020, but due to COVID, closed after just 10 days to reopen only in June. Showing its resilience, the Biennale went online to amplify the voices of marginalized artists and share the stories of global communities. Moara Tupinamba and Janaú presented a video of the Indigenous Women's March held in 2019, while the Nilson Baniwa presented a video of Pajé Onsa's performance. The character he inhabits, called Pajé Onsa, walks through the physical and spiritual spaces of the exhibition, 
ritually assessing the lack of participation of First Nations in these international exhibitions. Uira Sodoma was part of the 14 Manifesta 2022, created by Hedwig Fijian in Pristina, Kosovo. In Pristina and Manaus, from where Sodoma comes, and countless other places across the world, rivers have vanished. To make ways for commerce, specifically the rubber trade, these ancient waterways were transformed into roadways, to devastating effect on the environment and the people who live there. Embodying a tree that walks, Uira Sodoma enacts the recovery of the rivers, the fertility of the soil, and the rich diversity of plant life. Also in 2022, as a follow-up to the Another Sky Project, partnership between the Federal University of Bahia and Manchester University, Arisena Patashó, Denilson Maniwa, Naini Terena, and Gustavo Caboclo were part of the exhibition held in Manchester, Racism and Anti-Racism in Brazil, The Struggle of Indigenous Peoples. Gustavo Caboclo featured the sound performance and orality literary encounters diffuso, while Arisena Patashó, the sculpture Mikai, consists of a ceramic machete, which poses the question, what does being an indigenous people mean to you? Gustavo Caboclo and Naini Terena also participated in the Cosmologiscapes panel at the Abacuad Indigenous Meeting during the Venice Biennale in 2023. The gatherings alternate annually between Toronto and international venues, showcasing dialogues, examining themes, materials, and experiences in indigenous art practice globally. It was created in 2019 by the Anishinaabe curator Wanda Nanebush to respond to the mismatch between the growth of interest in indigenous art and its knowledge. Its aim is to provide an international space for indigenous artists, curators, and thinkers to reflect on the art by those who create, heal, and write about it. All the speakers share non-white ancestry. Each of them introduced themselves presenting their own maternal and paternal family lineage. In the exhibition, Reinventing the Americas, Construct, Erase, Repeat, the Nilsson Baniwa shows how the idea of the Americas is far from fixed. In manipulating the images through cutting, layering, pasting and painting, he finds new meanings. Held at the Getty Center in New York between August 2022 and January 2023, analyzes representations of the Americas, questioning the mythologies and utopian visions that proliferate after the arrival of Europeans to the continent. It is the result of the long-standing Baniwa's research. It features video artworks, a mural depicting the history of colonization, and colorful graphic interventions in the form of paper overlays on the actual historic objects in Getty's collections. This is how I understand my existence and how I understand my work, the Newson says. It's to erase, to scrape away these layers of colonization, until you find something ancestral in the middle of it all. International recognition reaches its peak with the transformation of the Brazil Pavilion into the Rahalpua Pavilion at the next Venice Art Biennale in 2024. The exhibition Capoeira, We Are Walking Birds, by Gliceria Tupinambá and guests, curated by Arisena Patashó, the Nilson Baniwa, 
and Gustavo Caboclo will represent Brazil. If the 2022 Sami Pavilion was the first ever national pavilion turned into indigenous pavilion featuring three Sami artists, the Rahaupua Pavilion will not only show an indigenous artist, but will also be curated by three indigenous curators, creating a milestone in the history of the Venice Biennale. Although it is impossible to accompany the increasingly extensive and multiple productions of these artists, the aim of this episode was to trace the beginning of this movement. Through the interviews with some of the most prominent voices of indigenous artists, curators and professors in the Brazilian art scene, the second podcast will present their personal trajectories, the issues addressed by their artwork, showing how their art cannot be delinked from political and activist commitment with their communities. Above all, the interviews affirm the different understanding of what art and curatorial is according to the indigenous cosmologies. Their testimonies denounce the violence and racism of the Western art system and of academic production, where the West extends beyond the limited considerations of the North, Europe and North America, to a model also rooted in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs>